Hi everyone, and welcome to the 132nd episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hi guys. How's it going, man? Uh, I'm, I'm exhausted right now. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 that time of year. It's not not quite not quite holiday season, but it's like mid year. We're getting there. It's getting. There, I can man. already feel it in the air. <laughs> oh man! Well, I can like literally start to feel it because it's actually getting kind of chilly here. And uh, mine's the opposite. We're getting like ninety five degree weather. Oh, like, oh man! Starting tomorrow. That's the worst. Yeah. Oh man, Churro, have you been playing anything recently? I just. Completely finished Persona Five. That means I beat it five times, and I got my first ever platinum trophy. So that's that's awesome. And then I went back to Watch Dogs Two for a bit because I'll be playing because I'll be buying South Park like tomorrow. Yeah. Then I'll be buying my Odyssey after that. Oh man, yeah. There's there's a lot coming. Like I'm I'm super pumped for for Mario Odyssey. I uh, so I bought it on amazon jp like they had a digital code for like apparently like roughly 51 dollars us so wow. i was like eh, might as well get it there and i think the way it works is i think if your switch is set to english it'll be in english so we'll see if that works out if not whatever it'll be japanese study for me anyway that's good uh, that's a good outlook yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, uh, not so good is, so I've been get I mentioned it before, been getting into the Yakuza series, played through Yakuza 0, amazing game, everybody play that, played Yakuza Kiwami, which is a remake of Yakuza 1 from the PS2, that one was good, not as, not as good, feels a little dated, because like, you know, it's a remake of an old game, but, you know, there's only so much you can do, and, and to be fair, they did a lot to it, but even still, it's a little, you know, you can feel its age. But still good. Played that. Uh, currently, Yakuza 2 is still stuck in PS2 land. And there will be a remake. The exact same like type of remake. But instead of it being like for their old engine, it'll be for their new Dragon engine, which is like PS4 only and looks flipping amazing. It looks even better than uh, Yakuza Kiwami. So they have Yakuza Kiwami 2 coming, and but that's going to be Japan only as of December. And like, Man. who the heck knows when that's going to come to America in English. So my plan was, all right, so let's play Yakuza 2, the original, start to finish, the PS2 version in English. I'm going to play all of that, get the story, and then when Yakuza, 2, Yakuza Kiwami 2 comes out in Japan, I'll buy it here. And then I'll play through it in Japanese for Japanese practice, but I won't miss anything from the story because I'll already know it because I played the original. Little did I know, man, the old one is really janky. Man, it's really hard to go back to the old games. <laughs> yeah. So that cut that kind of burned me out on a little bit of Yakuza for the time being. I think what'll happen is I got a I got a PS3 coming very soon with Yakuza 3. And uh, that that one is a more modern style Yakuza. It was the first one of the current style. So uh, I'm going to definitely give that a try and see how that goes. But prior to that, I'll probably just watch the rest of, the, of Yakuza 2 on YouTube. That's, so. uh, Yakuza is one of the series I've been wanting to get into. But it's like... Dude, Yakuza it's... 0. So good. I, I'm probably going to definitely get that sometime yeah. soon. And... 
uh, I'll just say right now, don't feel the need to play Yakuza Kiwami first. Yakuza 0 is fine, works great, and uh, it completely replaces Yakuza 1 as the first game in the series. The best way I could describe it is, what if Kingdom Hearts 2 was actually Kingdom Hearts 1? (laughs) That's what it feels like. Dude. Dude, we're already confused by the title, so I think it's fine the way it is. Exactly. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's how it is for... That's how it feels to me when I play Yakuza 0 and Yakuza Kiwami. It's like, wow, Yakuza Yakuza 1 did not set up the main character's backstory at all, and Yakuza 0 is his, like, backstory and his start... Like, his start... And it feels like the first game in the series. So it's un- unlike Birth by Sleep in, K- in the Kingdom Hearts series, where Birth by Sleep, it feels more like a sequel. Like it, it, mm-hmm. it knows that you played all the other games, or it assumes mm-hmm. that you played all the other games. So it plays into that. Yakuza 0, on the other hand, doesn't do that at all. It says, no, you've never played Yakuza, so we're going to treat you like you've never played Yakuza. And we're going to make this the new first game in the series. So it is a proper prequel. So definitely highly recommend it to anyone looking for a good time, looking for a breath of fresh air. If you're looking for fresh air in the sea of farts that is known as the AAA gaming industry, Yakuza 0 is fresh air. We'll be getting more into that later. Anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHAltimania. We have a two-segment show today. Our first segment, would you believe it, Shiro? It's news! Whoa! Wait. Is there such thing anymore? I know. I had to look it up in the dictionary. It's been so long since I've said it. But yes, it turns out that is how it's pronounced. It's news, and we've got it. It's That's not a good. lot. I mean, <laughs> it's not a lot. But how long it. has it been? Uh, at least since July, probably. Yeah. Three months. Ugh. Oh man, the huh. struggle. It feels. It feels so bad. Anyway. Uh, and our second question, our second segment is our question segment in the way of announcements. Uh, as always, you can support us on Patreon. Uh, just uh, con- uh, go to patreon.com slash union. You can pledge uh, just a dollar and get access to a special podcast call. Please be excited. Our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We've got Blue Machine, who is at Blue Machine on Twitter. Uh, Blue Machine spelled B-L-E-U. It's like Sacre Bleu, that kind of blue. And then we got Joe Tremonti, who is at JC Tremonti. Lewis James, Barry Norton, who is at Nortron Zero. Uh, Chris Morales, Eric Decker, who is at Choco Taco. Jonathan Gonzalez, who is at OS Just Johnny. Josh McNabb, who is at J2K9. Marcus Karnecki, Michael Graham. Thorin Bullen, who is at Massacre23. Zach Duranto, who is at Z Duranto. Billy Jackson, who is at underscore Billy Jackson. And Tro, can you take these last ones? We got Darren Matthews at Doomster73. John McCray. Joseph Robertston at Pokemon Trainer J. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Mario Herker. 
Then we got just Mike. And then we have Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Miles, Miles Ribbons. Mohamed Quayam. Nico Gonzalez at, un, at Nick underscore Knack 95. Rachel Kesterston at Obra Yun Ray. Richard Holman at Vix Lennon. Tyson Wildman at Taya Waldman 1. Vita Nitas at V underscore Tron 5000. Zach Porter at Porter Paradox. And Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. And be a part of the show. Please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, and one final announcement is... So, uh, what we have found from asking you guys with regards to Kingdom Hearts Key, or Unchained Key, or Union Cross spoilers, is... So, uh, Kingdom Hearts, whatever those are, Season 1 spoilers are fair game. So, let's just be clear. Those are fair game. We can talk about them at any part of the show. At any point. So just fair warning. If you haven't seen or experienced all of Kingdom Hearts Key or Unchained Key or Back Cover or whatever. All that stuff is fair game. That being said. Season 2 spoilers. Season 2 being something currently only available in Japan. Just to be clear. Season 2 spoilers are fair game. In... A special segment that we can put at the end of the show when we need it. So if there is season two news, we can talk about that season two news and we will talk about it in the season two news segment, which will be placed uh, most likely after a question segment. This episode currently does not have one, but, you know, just fair warning in a future episode, we'll say it right up front at the beginning of the episode, you know, uh, you know, hypothetically speaking, if we were to have a season two segment in this episode, you know, uh, we would say, oh, today we have a three segment show. And then after I say that we have a question segment, I'll say, oh, and uh, our last segment is our season two uh, news segment. We don't have one this episode, but if we did, that's how it would be uh, relayed to you in a way that is not spoilery. So... Uh, just to be clear, season one spoilers, A-OK anytime. Season two spoilers, A-OK at the end of the show in its own dedicated segment. That is so that anyone still catching up uh, doesn't get spoiled if they don't want to. So just uh, how we're going to deal with it going forward uh, because it's really hard to stay relevant when there's not that much news coming out. But there's a lot of uh, story stuff coming out of the uh, Union Cross game in Japan. So that's the best way to keep up and keep stuff, uh, you know, always ready to talk about is to keep track of that stuff. So that's how we're going to do it going forward. So that's our last announcement. Moving on to the news. Yay. All right. So in Osaka... Uh, Square Enix opened up their new Square Enix Cafe, and to kick things off, they had a 15th anniversary cafe event for uh, for Kingdom Hearts. Wow. How nice. That's actually, I'm actually jealous because I can't go to that. Me too. Even though I live in Japan, it's super far. And Come you on, know Brandon, what? You can do it. You know yeah, what else? You have until like, you have until like December. You know what else sucks? What? Uh So I'm gonna go to Tokyo in like uh like at the end of uh at the end of November 
but I checked the the calendar. Uh, the Kingdom Hearts Cafe event like ends like like I want to say like November eleventh, something like that. Oh like, yeah, I thought it was December. Yeah, last, last I checked, it was like it was ending pretty soon. I I I'm, I hmm, I, I thought it ran like to the beginning of December or something like that. Yeah, it's it's not it's not that long. All right, I have it pulled up on my phone. So it the Kingdom Hearts at release at least at the Tokyo one, uh, the Kingdom Hearts. It's just uh, the art year. Kingdom is Hearts fifteenth. This is Square Enix Cafe in Akihabara, Japan. Not uh, uh, not Artnia in Shinjuku. This is Square Enix Cafe, okay. to- but Tokyo, to be clear. So it says Kingdom Hearts fifteenth uh, <coughs> anniversary. There's a Cafe Three something something meeting something campaign, something something, and then it's got uh october 14th which is a tuesday all the way till uh november 10th which is a friday okay that's that's how it that's how it's going to be running in uh in tokyo at least uh but i won't be in tokyo till like the 30th of november which by the way i am going to uh disneyland in Tokyo, so there's two. There's two Disney parks in Tokyo. There's a well, technically it's Chiba. It's not even in Tokyo, uh, but you know I'm going to Tokyo Disneyland, and I'm also going to Tokyo Disney Sea. And if anybody knows anything about Disney Sea, it served as the inspiration to a certain chili, ice creamy treat that we all know and love from the Kingdom Hearts series. No, it's not the same anymore. Sea salt ice cream. Oh, it's not the same anymore. It's the same. It's it's not. It used to be served in a cup. Now it's in a little wafer, like a oh. shape of a fish. Hey, whatever is clever. Hey, you should go to the cafe or Artnia because I know because they actually have it. Sea yeah, salt they, ice cream. So I will go there too. I will go there too. Uh, you better. I, I've already discussed with the person I'm traveling with. That uh, we are definitely making a trip to uh, Akihabara. That's that is and that is one of the things that we'll make a trip to. We are also gonna be going to Kabukicho, which, uh, by the way, I have been to Kabukicho already, but I went there on accident when I was trying to go to Square Enix uh, when I was first when I first came to Japan. And apparently, Kabuki chose that's the, that's the place you don't go to, especially at night. But I went there anyway because <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, but I was fine. Um, uh, Kabuki Cho, for those who who don't know, is uh, the red light district of Japan. And there's like all these hostess clubs and like crazy weird looking places. Uh, we're gonna be go- stuff. It looks sketchy. Uh, I intend to go there purely because uh, it's featured very heavily in uh, in the Yakuza series. And now, having played Yakuza, I want to see it in a new light. But also, they've got this cool robot cafe, and I want to go there. That one's not sketch. That's the only place okay. I want to go to. Other than that, I just want to walk through it, and also walk through it knowing. That oh yeah I'm in Kabukicho so let me look for things oh by the way it's also in Persona Five, uh it's where the fortune teller is that whole area that's Kabukicho in Persona Five. Oh so, good to know. Yeah, going there. Uh, also uh, on the other side of Kabukicho is Shinjuku, which is 
where Square Enix Japan is, which I've also been there, but directly next to it, that's where Artnia is. So I figure like, you know, if we're going to Kabukicho anyway, let's hit, let's hit, you know, Square Enix Tokyo as well. So I'll probably hit head there again. Uh, I will say going to Square Enix Tokyo, uh, not, not invited. It's very boring, very boring experience. It's just a building, you know, you can take a picture with it. There is at least a sign that says Square Enix on it. So you can take a picture with that, <laughs> but there's there's not much to it other than that. Also, if you're taking the picture at night, it's very hard to take a picture with the sign because you like have to balance the light <laughs> in the picture. And like the, the sign is going to either be blown out or you're going to be completely dark. You have no other options. Those are your options. So I'm going to make that run again. So yeah, I'll probably hit Artnia and I'll probably hit uh, uh, Squirtix Cafe Tokyo because uh, I'll there be you go. There. Better, I don't, better get I don't, there early to get a ticket. Oh man, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. If not, I'll just take a picture outside of it, and, and that'll just go. be it. But uh, it, it honestly, it didn't seem like Artnia was very busy when I was there. It was just well, like, now it's I, busy now. You should see the pictures people have been posting. Oh, really? Waiting in line for even, the even, yeah, well, maybe that's during the day. Like at night, it's well, probably not that busy. Well, I mean, the Kingdom Hearts thing is only going on for like a limited amount of time during the day. So it's like, because uh, you have different slots. We, we you uh, go in the morning, yeah, yeah, yeah. you go in the morning to line up, and then they'll give you a ticket to come back at a specific time they give you. So I think it's only going on for like a, you know, to like an X amount of time. And then I think after that, it's just open to anybody else. All right. Well, at least in my opinion, Square, if your sea salt ice cream is so good, you better put it on the menu permanently. That's all I'm going to say. You better put it on that menu permanently. At least I don't know if they will. I don't know if they will. This is just, these are just specifically made for the event. Yeah. Also, it's kind of a really weird time to like debut it. Cause it's like, it's getting kind of cold, honestly. Like this is not not the time for ice cream. Well, not only that, the end, the J- Japan's anniversary was back in March. Do you think yeah, it was back in they March. should have done it then? Yeah, they should have. Oh, but I, but I think they only did it because the opening of the Osaka, which is you know where the Kingdom Hearts three development yeah, team is. So that's where they are. Yeah, it's sad. I can't be there in the at the Osaka one, which is like obviously the more legit one because it's next to the Osaka team. Uh, which, by the way, I don't think I ever even mentioned it on the show. I I did actually go to Square Enix Osaka. I, I to be well. Let me be clear. So Square Enix Tokyo, that's a super big comp. That's a super big like part of their company. They own the whole building. Like it's a huge building in the middle of Shinjuku, and like it's a massive complex. Like you know, it's really easy to tell that that's Square Enix. Square Enix Osaka, on the other hand, that's a different story. They are a tenant in the. Uh, Grand Front Osaka building, which is near Osaka Station in the middle of, you know, downtown Osaka. So that was a pain to find. I did find them and I took a picture with the building. Uh, You can see it on my Twitter at underscore Brandon underscore. That is B-R-A-N-D-E-N. So I've got some pictures with that. That was like back in August or something. So I took pictures with it, but that's it. Like it's, it's super boring. It's just a building. Uh, from what I could tell from their recruitment website, uh, they are a tenant uh, in that building, and they uh, they fully occupy the thirty third floor, which, to my counting, means they're the top floor 
<laughs> so, yeah, that's that's all I could gather. That's where Square Enix Osaka is, and my understanding is it's just Business Division 3, but that's not only the Kingdom Hearts staff, despite popular opinion. Business Division 3, there's more to, to it, it than just, just, just yeah, Kingdom just... Hearts. They also make some mobile games in that studio, but ironically, I don't think they make Unchained Key there, or, or Union Cross. I think that's I think Union Cross is handled in Tokyo, but Osaka also makes mobile games. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> go go to the recruitment page and maybe you'll find out more because like that's the only place where they talk about business division stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's mostly obviously it's mostly Kingdom Hearts three because that's obviously going to be a big team. But like that's that's pretty much it. So so anyway, back to the cafe event that did already happen. So uh, at the event. Uh, Tetsuya Nomura was there, and so was this guy called, uh, I think his name, last name was Yamasaki. He was like, he's like a lead modeler on Kingdom Hearts 3. And mm-hmm. uh, while they were at the event, they were answering some questions that uh, fans had there. And uh, we've got some of those answers for you. So the first bit of information that we got is that uh, it is confirmed that there will be a, a world where you play as someone other than Sora. Wasn't that confirmed already, though? It was confirmed already, but they were, they were a little bit more specific about it this time. Okay. I think last time they were like, yeah, we'll probably do it. And like they they didn't really like refer to the nature of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But now it's a little bit more specific. Like there's a world associated with this change of character. So there will be a world that you go to. And in that world, you're going to play a different character, which would sort of you know, infer the fact that in other worlds you'll play a Sora. You know, this is not okay. something that changes mid-world necessarily or can happen anywhere. It's not like, you know, you're in the middle of Toy Story and you can swap out to Riku if you wanted to. You know, this is like... Or, or uh, it, it's not one of those situations where maybe uh, Sora, Riku, and Kairi are in the same party and then you can decide who you want to control you know who do you want to be the leader no that's not the way this works this is going to be on a per world basis and there is at least one where this will happen where you won't be sora so not not too surprising but you know just more clarity on that situation uh next bit of interesting information sora is officially 160 centimeters or five foot three he's about as tall as i am yeah i'm five foot three (laughs) That's, I, that, that makes me feel small. Yeah. Well, you know what? At least, you know, you're among greats of yes. people at that height. And, uh, yeah, so, so yeah, Sora's uh, about one, 160 centimeters. But this is seemingly his Kingdom Hearts 3 height because young Sora, like Kingdom Hearts 1 Sora, is not that tall. Not by a long shot. So, uh, yeah, just, just for reference there. Uh, also... Uh, the, they also say that Xemnas and, uh, oh oh yeah. So Zehanort is approximately, uh, over 180 centimeters and 180 centimeters is about five foot 10. But not only that, he's slouching too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how, how they figure that. And also, I'm not sure if maybe I also mean like Xemnas or Ansem also. I don't know if they're all the same height. So it was a little weird the way it was worded, but yeah, he says Xehanort's about 5'10". 
So, yeah, take take that for what you will. Speaking of Zemnus, Nomura also says that the Zemnus and young Zehanort models that we saw, that we have been seeing, are still under development. They're still work in progress, so uh, especially in the face department. So don't worry. <laughs> and he yeah, said, a lot of people, if lot you want to blame say, anybody, blame this Yamasaki guy that I brought here. He's the lead modeler. Yeah, those when those faces appeared in the in the uh, concert trailer. Yeah, a lot of people had a lot to say about their faces. <laughs> yep. So I'm glad at least they know. So. We can all breathe a sigh of relief. They know it looks, they look weird. So hopefully they will uh, fix them at, at the very least, adjust them. Now we have yet to hear anything about, okay, Mickey. Yeah. Mickey looks weird. I hope yeah. they deal with Mickey. I don't know. I don't see why they're adjusting the faces so much. Just make it look like the original models. They're fine. I don't know. Anyway. And uh, next bit of information, D23. Uh, 2018, the one that's going to happen in Japan in February. Uh, it's still undecided whether or not Kingdom Hearts 3 announcements will be present there, which is like marketing speech for, uh, we're not sure if we'll be ready <laughs> in time for that event. So maybe it'll be there. Maybe it won't. We'll see. Uh, and the next, uh, or the, the final bit of information, which is a little bit like, Ugh. A little bit crazy, but and not not a good thing in my opinion. Kingdom Hearts Unchained Keys story or Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts Union Crosses story there you uh, go. will continue even after Kingdom Hearts Three's release, and not everything of its story will be revealed in Kingdom Hearts Three. Should we should we be worried about that, or should we just be like, okay, good? <laughs> yeah. Um kind of makes me feel a little little salty little little salty because this game i thought it was supposed to be just like hype for kingdom hearts 3 but no no it was was nice that he finally put you know said that you know but like because like we were always wondering how it would tie in but now he kind of made it clear for us yeah so and you know what it kind of feels like this this is gonna it's gonna hurt this is gonna be a spicy. This is like ripping, ripping uh, duct tape off of a hairy leg. This Ooh. might mean that. No, Kingdom Hearts Union Cross is not the side game to Kingdom Hearts Three. Kingdom Hearts Three is the side game to Union Cross. How? How? Could you say that. How could you say that? How? Let that sink in. We're moving on to our question segment where we're going to talk about that a little more. Churro, can you take this first question? This is this question's from Armando, and they write, What's the deal with this games as a service thing everyone is talking about? Are single player games really dying? How will this affect Kingdom Hearts? I'll tell you how it affects Kingdom Hearts. It's already here. We've already had it. We've already been in it, and it's called Kingdom Hearts Union Cross. Kingdom Hearts Union Cross is a game as a service. So, yes, that's why it's on mobile. That's what. Well, <laughs> yeah, for now. Well, for now, for that's now. all. That's all we're dealing with. But coming so, soon, Kingdom Hearts Three multiplayer so, update. So let's let's let let's first address what does the term 
Game as a service mean. It's also abbreviated, by the way, as G-A-A-S. So G-A-A, uh, G-A-A-S. So like gas. So game as a service. So what that means is, so this is as opposed to G-A-A-P, which would be game as a product. So there's game as a product, game as a service. So what is game as a product? So this is what, you know, Kingdom Hearts 1 would have been. You know, uh, you know the Square Enix development team, they spend, you know, let's say three years. They make Kingdom Hearts 1. They released it on the PlayStation 2. And uh, uh, you go to the store and you give them $50 and they give you the game and you play the game and it's done and it's over and that's it. You bought a product at the store, you use that product, you are finished with that product. Square Enix goes out at Tokyo Game Show 2003, hey, we're making more games, more games as products. More, we are making more products that you can buy later. So that's game as a product. Uh, the, it comes out, it's a full thing, you buy it, you use it, you complete it, you're done. That's a game as a product. A game as a service, on the other hand, is when, oh, well, you know, maybe you buy something up front. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's free to play. But there are, you know, a, a certain finite amount of things included at first. But there are continually things added to it. Some things may be paid. Some things might not be. Maybe there's a monthly subscription involved. Maybe there's not. Maybe there are loot boxes or maybe there's a premium currency, as they like to say, premium currency. In the case of Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key, the premium currency is known as jewels. You buy jewels. You, with those jewels, then you can buy these packs of metals. And it's like a random assortment of metals. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. It's usually bad. And why does that happen? So you can buy more jewels and buy more metals. And that's how this game stays afloat. Uh, the onus is not on the developer to provide you with a good experience. The onus on the developer is to get you to buy jewels. Everything about that game is designed to make you want to buy jewels. You know, this is... I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but the the main point of game as a service is it's a more continual thing and in a continual fashion, the idea is that you constantly give them money. It's a revenue stream as opposed to a revenue one-time thing and you're done. It's a constant thing. Maybe it's less than the initial purchase price of what you, you know, plop down on a AAA game. But the idea is that if they stretch it out long enough, they'll get more money out of you, more than your 50 or $60 that you would normally pay if this was just a product, a one-time product. So, you know, game developers, they've been, pl they've been playing around with different ways of getting more money out of you after release. One of these things was DLC. That was, you know, something that, you know, started up last generation uh, and has continued on to this generation. But what happened? Nobody was buying DLC. Why, why aren't they buying DLC? I'm, I'm, Mr., I'm Mr. Paul Marketing at Square Enix. Why aren't they buying the DLC? They're not buying the DLC. All right. You need to get, 
You need to do something that is going to get us money. It's all about the bottom line. How are we going to make the money? We do not make games to make money to make more games. We make games to make money. So make us money. Okay. So that's... That's, that's quite enough. That's, that's the idea of games as a service. So to address your next question, are single player games really dying? The answer oh, is... We know, we, we know the answer to this. Yes and no. Yep, exactly. The yes answer is... Yes. Triple A, big budget, single player games are dying. Why? All you gotta do, go to your local Walmart. <laughs> go to your local GameStop. Go look at the wall where it's got the games. There's going to be like a yellow sticker it's under that game. What what does the number read? Is sixty dollars. Uh, get it. Get in your your closest time machine. Go back to the start of the PlayStation Three era. What did the price sticker say? Sixty dollars. All right. I want you to look at your time machine. How far back in time did you travel? Oh, it was like 10 years? Okay. And the price didn't change in 10 years? Oh, I see. Oh, what else happened? Oh, the economy went to crap and inflation's going up. Okay. And, and, and the, the price of video games, AAA video games, didn't uh, go with it? Okay. There you go. That, that's why. So games have been costing $60 to the consumer to buy. That's, that's what the price is. The price of games has stayed $60. Now, in the PS2 era, there were $50 because gamers didn't like back in the N64 and, uh, you know, Super Nintendo era where, you know, games could cost whatever they wanted to cost. You know, b- back on the Super Nintendo, you could find, like, a game that cost, like, 100 bucks. Like, it was insane because, like, these cartridges had all these crazy chips inside that, you know, you know, there's nothing standardized. But on the PlayStation and then onward, oh, they're all discs. They're all the same. It's just a CD. And then, you know, on the PS2, oh, it's a DVD. So, you know, you can charge 50 bucks. And then people were getting, you know, developers were getting antsy. Like, hey, is get, co- games cost a lot. We're not making our uh, return on investment was just selling these at $50. So Activision's like, all right, PS3 generation, games are costing $60 now. And you know what happened? Game sales went down. And then, you know what? People got acclimatized to it. All right, so there's $60. So... Now, instead of buying games at launch, what people do is uh, they'll either... So some people will buy it at launch if they really like it, or they'll just buy it later on sale. So then what happens? Then publishers at the end of every trailer start saying, pre-order now. Pre-order now. What does pre-order now translate to? Pre-order now translates to buy this game for $60. That's what pre-order now was. Like, if you really wanted the real translation, it was buy this game for $60. Don't buy it for a sale. That's what pre-order now was at the end of the trailer. Uh, we didn't listen to that. We didn't listen to that either. Paul Marketing is furious. So then what do we do? All right, so not just pre-order now, but uh, we'll have some DLC at the end. We're edging into games as a service. And then moving even forward down that path, people aren't buying DLC. So what's the next step? Let's start changing the game we haven't done much to change the game 
You know, we've only been changing the way we sold the game. Now, you know what? We've been avoiding it this far, but no, now we have to touch the game. Now we got to ruin the game that it's a part of. So let's set up this system where the items that you need in this game are tied to some sort of randomness. And this randomness can be uh, hopped over with a little bit of Uncle Sam, a little bit of money. That is games as a service. So are single player games dying? Yes. And the reason is uh, they cost too much. $60 is not enough to recoup that cost. And when Do you, you see think prices of, going up in a, in a permanent, you know, rate now? Do you I think it'll be I like $70, $80 now? I, I think it's too late for that. And the reality of it is game developers are, have been trying that. So the other thing they've been trying, I didn't get to it, but uh, instead of instead of upping the base price, the game developers sneakily upped the game price by every time a new game comes out, what else gets announced with it? If it's a big AAA game, collector's editions. And how much do those cost? $70, $80, or maybe even more. And why is it that they are doing that instead of raising the uh, cost of the base game? Because they could do that. Uh, the problem yeah. is when you raise the cost of the base game, all the people that take off that that are the middleman of your sales transaction, they also take an, a proportional cut from that. So when you sell a game on a digital marketplace, you know, like the App Store or Steam or on the PlayStation Network or on the Xbox, Xbox, Xbox Live marketplace, if you sell it there, uh, whatever the platform holder is, they take a 30% cut. So if you were selling something for, you know, $20, cut off 30% off of that, you're now making $14. It's a lot of, you know, that's a lot, yeah, of, a lot that, of money. It's a big percentage. So really, realistically, and that's not everything. You know, if you're a big AAA publisher, you're also in brick and mortar stores. So that means you got manufacturing costs. You've got, uh, you know, shipment fees. Uh, if you also are licensing a third party engine, you might have to pay royalties on that engine. So at the end of the day, for a AAA game, if if it's sold for 60 bucks the game developer or at least the publisher i don't i don't even know how much the game developer is getting out of this but the publisher is seeing about 20 to 25 dollars off of a 65 after off of a 60 dollar sale that's not a lot you know that's 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 less less than half you get less than half of what you get when you sell it at that base price because uh, Sony or Microsoft or Steam takes a cut off of that. You know, if you ever wondered, why did EA, who's, or, or we're definitely going to be talking about, why did EA create Origin on PC? Why did they create that? Why did they take all their games off of Steam? It was because Valve was taking a 30% cut off their games. And they're trying to make and more then, money. And doesn't Ubisoft have their own, like, little... Exactly. Ubisoft's got Uplay. Yeah, same, yeah they got their own little Same store. reason. It's because Steam's taking a 30% cut. So, so that, that aside, so why, why is a collector's edition a better option 
Why, why did they go that route? Why didn't they just raise the price again? So the reason is the cut that the platform holder takes, namely, uh, you know, Microsoft or Sony, the cut that they take is only, oh, and also uh, third-party uh, licensees. So uh, if, if they like license Unreal Engine, for example. So the cut that those guys take is off of the $60 game. They don't touch the the you know hundred dollar Noctis figure. They don't touch the soundtrack. They don't touch the art book. All that other extra crap that they use to make the price of the game higher for the collector's edition, that's all gravy for the AAA publisher. They just make that money back. So that's why they add in all that other physical stuff. That's why it's worth it for them to make those uh, collector's editions because they'll make more money off of it than if they just raise the base price of the game because they're selling you all these other products that don't get those big cuts that, uh, you know, software does, you know, uh, raw software does. So there's that. So, yeah, I would say, do I see the prices going up? I think they should. They didn't, and I don't know if they will. So where does this leave us with single player games? Uh they will exist. They will continue to exist. Um but I think you're going to see that you know, it's going to be mostly indie games or things that are like middle tier, the rare middle tier, which is extremely rare. Right now pretty much the only games you're going to be seeing are really big budget games or lower budget games or really low budget games like indie games and those are the games uh or or the the lower budget games those are the ones that can afford to you know make a single player game that uh, that is a product that is not a service uh i think that you know it's just the you know in in business there's this term called the 80 20 rule you focus 80 percent of your resources on the stuff that makes you money and then you focus like 20% on the stuff that is like maybe more experimental or savings or whatever. And, you know, we heard it from EA. EA has, uh, you know, closed Visceral Studios that was making a big single player uh, Star Wars game written by Amy Hennig from the Uncharted series. And like, they decided, no, we're changing it. We're going to make that, you know, the next Destiny or Anthem or whatever. You know, I think when you live in an era where Star Wars is not enough for a, ga- for a game to sell enough to be profitable, you know, flipping Star Wars. And then on top of that, Amy Hennig, the, the, the you know, the big writer behind Uncharted 2, you know, one of the biggest games of last generation, like, and, you know, she left Uncharted 4 to go make this. When that doesn't sell your AAA game and, uh, you know, your single player AAA game and, and you're not going to make your money back on that, that's a big sign. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of where we're at with, with AAA games. Uh, you know, publishers or developers have been saying it for a while that game costs are getting too high. And now we finally reached that point. Game costs are too high now. And it is, uh, 
It is not viable to release a single player game and that be it. You know, you need not look no farther than Final Fantasy 15 and what they did to that game and all the other extra crap that they added to it. Final Fantasy 15 universe, as they call it, you know, when and like, you know, look at last generation, you know, they went from Final Fantasy 13 to Final Fantasy 13 series, a trilogy. And that, you know, they experimented with it in, in the PS2 generation. They tried making 10 too. So it's like, this has been a long time coming. You know, we've kind of like seen it in, in various forms all the way until this point. And here we are. Also, not to mention, Square Enix also came out and said that uh, going forward, they're focusing on multiplayer games. So how will this affect Kingdom Hearts? Um... It already has. Uh, that's what. Kingdom yeah, we don't have to worry about it anymore. That's that's what Kingdom Hearts Union Cross is. Um, uh, how will it af- now? I guess the big question is how will it affect console games? Now, I think when it comes to Kingdom Hearts three, the good news is Kingdom Hearts three was announced early enough and has been in development long enough that it might be safe, at least at release. That's not to say that they won't add a bunch of crap later that'll bring the experience down, but I think at release it might be okay. Uh, How does that affect future titles that Square Enix releases? Those are doomed. 7 Remake is doomed. Final Fantasy Fantasy uh, 16 is doomed. It's going to have all this crap in it. You know, I, I just hope that by the time that those games come out, that they find a way to make it not, you know, horrible, not evil, not not gambling. Because, you know, if you look at a lot of these sim- systems, it's just gambling. Or it's just pure manipulation. Like uh, Activision actually just got a patent for how can it set up matches. So how can it use matchmaking to incentivize players to buy uh, things, to, to buy certain DLC, like buy certain guns. And the way they intend to do it is they want to show, they want to matchmake players, like especially new players, players that just started playing a certain game, like for example, Call of Duty. They want to match them to a player of higher ability that has bought a certain weapon that has bought, you know, certain upgrades and they want to have them in the same match. And they're even looking as far as what skills does the, does the player that bought the special gun or whatever, what skills do they excel in? Like for example, maybe they're really good at sniping or something. And if they notice that this new player also likes sniping, then they're going to match them with a player that bought a bought something that they think they would want and make sure that they see that and they're in the next match and they and especially they're going to get someone who's skilled so that you know maybe they beat them or maybe they'll put them on the same team as this new player and then they'll see how they carry the match and hey look they bought this fancy gun maybe I should buy it too so like it's it's pretty shady like the stuff that they're doing and it's like to be fair, they are businesses. What they're supposed to do is make money. They're in the business to make money. 
They do not make games so they can make money. You know, they don't make money so they can make games. They make games so they can make money. And if this is what's going to make the money, that's what's going to make the money. The problem is that because these game uh, budgets are so high, they need to do even more shady tactics to squeeze out more money. So what needs, what I feel needs to happen if single player has any shot of coming back in the AAA space is that like, the budget's got to come down so that they can make money at a co- at the cost that they're selling these products for because right now they're like effectively selling at a loss and they have to make make that money back up after the purchase of the you know initial game so that's the difficulty uh so yeah how will it affect kingdom hearts uh it kind of already has in the sense of union cross and that's also what i was sort of hinting at is that uh you know Kingdom Hearts 3, that's a game they announced a while ago under different leadership, and they're sort of obligated to release it because, you know, it's a big game and, you know, they'll finish it and they'll release it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going forward, Union Cross is the future of Kingdom Hearts. I mean, what, it's already confirmed. Yeah, whether it's the end-all, be-all, whether it's the end-all, be-all, like, we don't know, but, like... And we know, don't know how long till the next Kingdom Hearts game after 3 comes out, so they need something to pass that time still. Yeah, and we don't know if... Like, at this point, depending on how Kingdom Hearts 3 sells, that'll determine whether or not there's another console game for Kingdom Hearts. I mean, at any point, you know, a a game is on the chopping block. If it doesn't do well, it won't get a sequel. But regardless of how Kingdom Hearts 3 does, Kingdom Hearts Union Cross will go on. They will they will run that thing into the dirt. They'll make sure that thing goes on forever because that's, that's a revenue stream for them and it's constantly going and it's really easy to make new content. And the, and that's the real key. It's easy to make new content for that. Like they can make a new quest. They can make a new raid boss. They can make a new metal, like so easy. Like you could probably make a new raid, a new metal, you know, a bunch of that stuff. And you can do that. And they could it probably take them like a day to do that stuff. Maybe they have to test it. So maybe that'll take a week tops. So how much money does that cost? Because at the end of the day, time is money. So how many people are working on that? You know, how many days a week do they work? How much do they get paid a week? You know, it's probably super low compared to a AAA game. You know, you got hundreds of people working on this thing for years. And you got to pay them. And that's that's really expensive versus, oh, we can create a raid boss that incentivizes people to buy more metals. And, you know, metals are like what, you know, on the low end, you know, you pay like maybe five bucks on the high end, maybe 15 bucks. You know, if you think about it, like $15, that's that's a quarter of a full price console game. And they could get that out of somebody out of like maybe a week or two of work. Like the return on investment on that effort is like insane. Like that's just like, you can't compete with that. So I don't know. We'll see. Depends on how much money Union Cross makes them. You know, just look at, uh, look at what happened to Grand Theft Auto 5. Grand Theft Auto 5 
You know, it was made for five, you know, it took five years to make that game. Thousand developers. And in three days, it made a billion dollars on just the single player game. So, you know, logic would dictate, oh, so they're going to keep supporting that experience, right? You know, uh, back in Grand Theft Auto 4, they made like these two big single player DLCs, you know, the Ballad of Gay Tony and the Lost and the Damned, and those did well too. And Rockstar was all cool about doing that. But then Grand Theft Auto Online came out and it was really easy to make content for it. And they started to make a lot of money off of those shark cards that they were selling, aka their premium currency. And what happened to single player Grand Theft Auto 5 DLC? Never happened. Never happened. Never happened because all the investment went in over to their multiplayer. Exactly. Why would you? Why would you spend all that money to make a single player experience that you go on and sell twenty for twenty bucks when you know you can just like work on you know for a couple of months, maybe like three months, make a couple of guns, make a couple of missions, make a new car make it you know call it an event release a new skin some couple of shirts and belt buckles and whatever i don't know and then say oh it's the fourth of july grand theft auto 5 or grand theft auto online event and you incentivize more people to come in maybe they have to pay like 20 bucks or or maybe they have to pay like five dollars to do it and you know if you get enough people like that well covers what you would have made off of a single player expansion like i think the ballad of gay tony was like something like what 20 bucks yeah around there so you get somebody to pay five bucks on your grand theft auto online that's already a quarter of that and if you have a lot of people doing it like there you go you're done you don't have you don't have to make that single player thing you don't have to spend a year making that single player dlc and have all these people working on it animators voice actors and you know, programmers and modelers and all that stuff. Like at the end of the day, this is, this is the triple a business that that's why I say that yes and no. So the, the yes side of things is triple a, the way triple a works is it's pure business. It's all numbers. What makes us the most money? We make games to make money. So whatever we do needs to make us the most money. It's just a, it is a pure calculation do what makes you mo- the most money. So that that's that's how the AAA space works. The indie space is the opposite things. You know, they want to make money so they can make games. You know, games are their passion. That's their dream. They want to make games. So they'll do whatever they can so they can make the money to make games. That's why Kickstarter exists. They're trying to make money to make games. So in those cases, you know, for better or for worse, they are passion projects. So in that case, you know, more niche experiences can exist. So uh, now I'm not saying that all this stuff, this games as a service stuff, it's not going to be an overnight thing. Games take a long time to make, especially these big budget games as a service. Well, to get them started, it takes a while. Once they got them rolling, oh my goodness, it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts. But you'll see. Uh, we will see how will it affect Kingdom Hearts. Um, we'll I think out. I think that uh, Union Cross is fine. That'll live on. 
Uh, the big question is, will there be a Kingdom Hearts console game after Kingdom Hearts 3? That's a, that's one question. And the other question is, what's that going to look like? And like, if you guessed Destiny, if you guessed Anthem, you might be right. <laughs> you know, if you guessed like more more like you know basically a triple a if you guess the triple a version of unchained key of union cross a triple a version of that where you know you buy medals uh where you have a party where it's multiplayer where you create your own character where the main story doesn't really matter too uh, too much uh where the main story comes out in a drip feed uh yeah that format would work on console that that would work with prettier graphics that would work with your own uh 3d create a character don't 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 uh don't think square enix won't do that that's all i'll say so with that question out of the way let's move on to our next question hey churro this question comes from jordan roman and jordan asks do you think it's possible that Kingdom Hearts Key is a simulation set up by Zehanor in an attempt to recreate the Keyblade War to open Kingdom Hearts and extract darkness? What is this the Matrix all of a sudden? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a it's a really plausible theory, but I I don't think so. I think I think there's more to it than just a simulation. I mean, there's to me I there's a lot of theories that it could be something in the realm of sleep or something with the book of prophecies, yeah. but I don't think it's a full on simulation. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a simulation, but I'm going to say it's not Xehanort. I think it's the master of masters and the master of masters is like someone above Xehanort. I don't know. I don't someone think kind of like, uh, he just, cause you know, like he's just orchestrating everything to see how it plays out so that, yeah. He can come back and recreate it in a more perfect way. Yeah. And if this Kinda is like, like theoretically a simulation, like the way that it was set up was that the Master of Masters gave no name to Lushu and Lushu was supposed to pass it on. So eventually, clearly it got passed on to Xehanort. So Xehanort was not the first link in that chain of events. It was the Master of Masters. So that's why I think he's the head of it. But what if it's like one of those like, time travel things where like you travel back in time and you kill your uh you kill your grandfather and then you marry your grandma and you become your own grandfather it was like that grandfather paradox they covered it in futurama oh, like, yeah if i was gonna say futurama had that paradox yeah futurama had it where fry accidentally ran over his grandfather <laughs> and then uh he uh had a steamy night with his grandma and became well, steamy night with his grandma at the time when she was like super hot and his his exact same age, and then he became his own grandfather. So maybe it's one of those situations where like Zehanort's son goes back in time and becomes the master of masters. You never know. He could be. I mean, since young Zehanort knows the Keyblade is most ancient, so basically, yeah. he maybe and I mean, they're trying like, to find a way for we that. We haven't seen the master of masters face and he is in that cloak so maybe it's just like how uh like ansem like when he appeared in kingdom hearts one at first he was in that like brown cloak form maybe it's like I that mean, and he's like then there's like theories, a then, there's theories he's, then there's theories about how he could be like you know like a god sentiment you know where 
he has no identity. He's just yeah. That's the best possible identity he can choose to without revealing himself to be appear more human like. Yeah. You know, it's kind of one of those things. Yeah. Guess it could be anything at this point, but uh yeah, I guess it's I guess it's very it is possible, but I I mean, I could definitely see Zehenort using this as another way of trying to get darkness or, or I mean, he, I mean Zehenort has got backup plan of a backup plan of a backup plan to everything so far. You know, like whatever the heroes throw, you know, they followed his plan, you know, not once but twice, but multiple times, you know, but some for some reason he's still got a plan somewhere. Yeah, so. Yep, that's definitely a possibility. And uh, Churro, if you want to take these last one. This one comes from Chris Willis, and they write, The projections of the worlds we visit in Kingdom Hearts Union Cross have stories that aren't compatible with the Kingdom Hearts world we know. For example, beasts becoming human at the end of Beast's Castle. Given these projections are created by the Book of Prophecy, an account of the future, do you think their worlds are projections of future events taking place in that world, or are there another explanation for the in- incompatibility? So, in this case, we do know that these are simulations. Like, the way Ephemer describes them is, like, it's pretty cut and dry. These are, like, holograms they're projections they're not it's not real so in this case i would call these definitely like some sort of simulation and in that case you know it's you know it's one of those situations where uh you know you change one variable about the situation and then the whole situation changes so for example instead of sora visiting the beast you know, it's the player character or some other Keyblade wielders from Union Cross. So, like, that in and of itself makes it different, you know. So, in that case, maybe it's just, you know, every time you run the simulation, it's something different or, I don't know. It, that, that's, the, that's the best explanation that I can think of for it is that this is somehow a different existence, like an alternate reality or it's something. It's an alternate reality. So you could call that a simulation. You could call it a parallel dimension. Call it whatever you want. But it's a different existence. This is not the beast that you know from Kingdom Hearts, the main plot. It's not the beast that knows Sora. I would say the closest example to this is it's like the beast you encountered in hollow bastion in chain of memories that Mm -hmm. that that world had inconsistencies too from the real events and it was not the same existence as the you know the worlds that existed in kingdom hearts one so i think it's similar to that these are different setups of the same situation and you know, just like when you flip a coin, sometimes it's heads and sometimes it's tails. Like, there's randomness, and that's going to make things different. You know, you roll a dice, it's not always going to land on, on one. Sometimes it's going to land on two or three or four or five or six. You know, there's randomness involved. So uh, every time you run a simulation, it's going to be a little bit different just because of that's how probability works out. That's the way I would explain it if I was Nomura. <laughs> That said, we're not Nomura. We don't know. Maybe Nomura will explain it. Maybe he won't. 
It's funny because like when when we answer these questions, it's like half the time I just want to an- ask Noir these questions to see, to see if he'll either answer them or not. Because <laughs> it's like I want like can you imagine putting Noir on the spot with these type of questions and he's just like I want to. trying to come up with an answer or then he just says you know can't say it can't talk about it. Like, oh man, uh, you just have to wait for Kingdom Hearts three. I guess. Is that, is that my phone ringing? I gotta go take a call. Yeah, exactly. And that come back. Exactly. So, yeah, that's a you know, it's one of those things where it's just like, uh, like on a practical level, I think it's just like, yeah. So for for this game, uh, we want to use worlds that people recognize. Uh, but don't make, uh, and then Nomura will, like, in his notes be like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Just don't make it, like, the same story. And then th- they're like, okay. And then maybe they don't think about it more than that. And then just, like, if they ever need to explain it, they will. But if they don't, they won't. You know, it's not really that complicated, I don't think. So, uh, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up uh, the question segment. Uh, our music for this episode is uh, a cover of Darkness of the Unknown. And this is going to be by uh, Brian N. on YouTube. And he's also uh, uh, featuring on this track is Garrick Wheeler and Kevin Moya. It's a cool rockin' version of it. Uh, our next Kingdom Hearts unit is scheduled for the 7th of October. And uh, as always, if you guys want to subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, just go on to the iTunes store, search for Kingdom Hearts, and we are number one. Oh, yeah. And, of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com or or Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHUltimania. And uh, as always, uh, remember that you can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, Shiro. It's goodbye time. No, we oh, finally yeah. got news. Yeah, we finally got news. Please send us more news. No more. More news. More news. Come on, you got you got less than two months left. Yeah, exactly. And also, or, also or three months actually. Don't you dare spoil anything. <laughs> I feel like we're asking. Uh, unreasonable demands i want you to tell us a lot of, i want you to tell us a lot of things but don't spoil anything <laughs> well, i mean namora is not really the type of person to do that he's I mean, definitely the trailers not. are one thing no namora himself won't spoil it but trailers are a different thing though yeah yeah and well i mean namora's already said it but uh he said yeah we're probably not going to uh not show every world meaning yeah, we'll probably end up showing every world before release, which ma- it just makes me like in the deep parts of my soul just makes me think, oh, my God, I want to get out of here. Please. I don't want to watch the trailers. Can we just like stop talking about news on Kingdom Hearts Union? Can we just like <laughs> can we just talk about I'll, other I'll, things? It'll be fine, Brandon. It'll just be me. Uh, we'll just have a show with me and Sappy just talking about it. Yeah, there you go. Well, I just want to I just want to like live in a world where kingdom hearts 3 spoilers don't exist and it just comes out and i don't have to watch any more trailers well i love watching trailers don't get me wrong i love a kingdom hearts trailer but uh like i kind of wish that it was like i could just wake up and kingdom hearts 3 was out and then i could play it and then after i could watch the trailers (laughs) you know i actually did that i did that with uh with metal gear solid 5 the phantom pain 
I didn't watch the last E3 trailer of that. And I was e- I was even at that E3. And when I was walking by the, the, the Konami booth, I would close my eyes. Like, I did not look. Really? I didn't even look at that general direction. When I saw that there was, like, the trailer playing, I would look away. I'd look back at the Square Enix booth. Uh, so oh, I ended branded. up not watching the final two trailers of, uh, of the Phantom Pain before it came out. And then I watched them after. And I'm so glad I didn't because like those spoiled everything. Like if you look at the, uh, the Metal Gear Solid five trailers, like it's really extreme. They show literally every cutscene of the game. I'm not kidding. Like all cutscenes of the game, at least one clip of every cutscene in that game appears in a trailer. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Like right. I'm talking even secret endings, even clips from secret endings appear in a trailer. Like like you just like if you look at every trailer that has ever released for the Phantom Pain. A clip, hell, hell. at least some clip from every trailer would be in there. So it's like, wow. Why hell, Kingdom Hearts Birth of Sleep was like that. They're like their like their last big trailer that they yeah. released before the game's release. They had a lot of scenes from like the secret ending. Yep. And also Dream Drop Distance. <laughs> yes, that too. Oh man. So uh, get out while you still can. <laughs> That's the moral right, of the story. Good luck too. Exactly. Good luck. Close your eyes. Close your ears. Go to sleep. Don't even don't even bother going into any Kingdom Hearts forums or fan sites. Yeah. And if you're on Twitter, Instagram, or Tumblr, block the hashtags. <laughs> exactly. Like if you ever if you ever needed like an excuse to go on a like a, a one year journey in the forests of Africa or in the jungles of Africa or the the the, the, the or if you ever wanted to take a hike in the desert. <laughs> Maybe now's the time. Be careful. Just just go camping for an extended amount of time. Yeah, just go 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 camping. If you ever wanted to actually live under a rock, now's your chance. Now's your chance. Now's the time to do it. If you got money saved up, it's time it's time to go. Time to go on hiatus. So yeah, uh, it seems like uh, that's what's gonna end up happening. So yeah, okay, Chero, it's time to say goodbye. All right, bye, guys. Thanks for listening in. We'll see you in the the next show. All right, and I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.